On this week's episode, I'm going to spend the entire time talking about KDE Plasma. No. When I say I'm going to spend it, I mean me. Ryan and Jill will probably not have any time to talk on this episode, just so <laughs> you know. Welcome to episode 361 of Destination Linux, your favorite video podcast. My name is Michael. I'm Jill. And I'm Ryan. And that's all they're going to be able to say on this show. <laughs> We're also going to cover Google and NVIDIA team up to give us open source Skynet. Aren't, aren't you just super excited about that? Now let's get this show on the road toward Destination Linux. So today in our community feedback, I've put together a collection of comments. So sometimes we receive these very small comments that they, them in themselves really wouldn't make necessarily a whole topic for community feedback, but together, well, together. we'll see what happens. And I like this idea. It's kind of yeah. like if you, if even if you have something small to send, you can know that it will still get on the show with a bunch of other stuff like this. We can have like this uh, roundup of sorts. Right. I want everyone's voice to be heard, except the one person who called us a bunch of names and stuff. That person, I'm not going to let them get heard much, <laughs> but. I don't even you know who you're talking about. Get to go. You haven't seen that email. Completely oh, that, blacked it out. Doesn't that's matter. That's a fun one. Didn't happen. All right. So our first email comes from Tony, who wants us to know, my favorite color of Crocs is green. Just use them at the beach. Now, for those of you who are not OG listeners to the show, you may not get the reference. If you're laughing right now and do get the reference, you get the official Destination Linux Geek Badge, which you can wear that with a lot of pride. Yes, and that doesn't technically exist, but it could. You never know. Could. We'll let you print it out on your own Yeah, you paper can make it exist. <laughs> pin it to your own shirt. All right, so, Tony, going back to the Crocs discussion, Crocs are an embarrassment to the world. Uh, we can all agree on this. However, this is an acceptable usage of Crocs at the beach. Crocs can be used at the beach because they're made of plastic, and yes. green is the best color because it matches my logo. So... You are free, Tony, to go about your business uninterrupted. We will not make fun of you further on that. I mean, I never made fun of him in the first place. You're, you're the whole anti, and, except for the fact that I also say that the, uh, I can't remember what the knockoff idea Idiocracy, is. Idiocracy, right? No, yeah. the knock, not, not the movie. Yeah. Uh, not the movie. Your knockoff. The, I have a knockoff yeah. that's something like something B. I don't Blocked. remember. Something like that. No, it's Blocked. something B. <laughs> It's something I remember B. The name. Like it, it's, Someone it's send like, us a comment with just the name of the off-brand yeah, shoe. Just, just tell us what I what I bought and for, <laughs> remind me. But basically, uh, I use it for the going to the pool or going to uh -huh. the beach or something oh, like that. So I don't I don't want to get my actual shoes in you know dirty with water or sand <laughs> or whatever. And that I agree is an acceptable thing. If I see someone wearing Crocs and like just normal. It, it does kind of make me laugh, especially if they're wearing socks and wearing the Crocs. No, nope. then it's just like it's I just, just want to tell something. Aww. You know, gym you know. culture has a really bad reputation, and I've been to multiple gyms. And Michael knows when we go travel. Why are you? Gyms why why are you so anti-gym? Gym is such a nice. person. It's got a bad rap because people <laughs> think like, "Hey, if you come in there and you're overweight or whatever, people are going to look at you." And, you and it's nothing like that. People encourage you. They want you to come. It's like. Unless you just, I mean, I've never seen it. Maybe it happens, but gym culture gets a bad rap for things that don't exist. However, I will tell you a way that you will get made fun of at the gym. If you walk in with Crocs and socks and or just Crocs or sandals, <laughs> you're going to get made fun of at the gym. Aww. So just I a mean, little it's hint. The, it's the worst kind of, like you wouldn't go <laughs> exercise in those things. You, and, and whether people that's, do it all the time, especially yeah, these kids, these weird, teenagers, you know? they come in there with their sandals 
And I'm like, if you drop a weight, which is as experienced as I am, every once in a while, weight falls the wrong way or something else, you know, and you drop it on your foot. It's just stupid. And so anyways, you're probably going to have a lot of people trying to drop weights on your foot if you go in there with Crocs. So just a little tip. Hopefully not that That's That is a good tip. I also think you should point out that uh, I think that the gym thing that you're talking about is been like a myth. I think it is true that in most gyms it's a myth. But if you go to like those super hardcore places that don't have any air conditioner like and just like giant gym fans, thing. Yeah, it yeah, might. Maybe. Yeah, it might be there. <laughs> maybe the only gym I've seen a lot of sandals um, at is the the one by the ones by the beach here where I where I live. That would be fair. Yeah, maybe. tons of yeah. people are using Crocs and they're actually yeah, coming the out beach. from surfing and going and working out. Muscle Beach, I yeah. would think. Maybe. <laughs> Muscle <laughs> Beach. Uh, that's yeah. kind of interesting because it's like how, those kind of like are contrary and they don't really make sense to like now I kind of want to see if it they are wearing sense. shoes or if they're wearing Crocs. We're going to go to Muscle Beach when we go yeah. to scale and look. I mean, that's way too far. People will think we have a foot fetish because we're going to go around looking at everybody's feet, but those two, anyways. We're going to walk up to him and go like, what are those? (laughs) Our second comment comes from Adam, who has a game recommendation. He says, I was watching Ready Player One, which I love that movie, with my six kids. Man, dang, six kids. Wow. A lot of kids. I didn't know you have time for watching movies based on having six kids. (laughs) I challenged him. That the first one to see a DeLorean and the first one to see a Mortal Kombat reference, I would buy each a two euro Steam game. They pulled the money together to buy a four euro game called Heave Ho. They absolutely love it, Adam. So what I like about this email is first we can see Adam is raising his kids right here uh, by making them point out amazing geek references like that and teaching them about geek culture. Also, though, He's teaching them about inflation because they had to pull their money together to buy a single game. And I think that's just really wise. And also teaching them about accountability of Uh being able to, you know, get something based on some effort you're doing, but also teaching them how to manage your finances by saying you have six kids, but only two of them are going to get anything because you can do who's first to do it. <laughs> yeah. They, and they learn how to work. That's a good team. point, Michael. Only it's, two of them get it's very clever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so well done. Uh, thank you for sending in the, the, the uh, I haven't checked out that game, but thank you for sending that comment. And uh, the, the game looks pretty fun, but uh, oh, you're talking I haven't about, had a chance yeah, the, to. The Heave Ho, but have you yeah. seen Ready Player One, the movie? Of course. Of All course. Right. It's so one. good. I mean, I actually hadn't seen it until about a few months ago, but I did see it now. So <laughs> Maddie has brought culture to your life. Yes. That's true. Yes. That's true. <laughs> the last email states, uh, this is in reference to the whole discussion we had, which I feel like we brought the community together on this. Sometimes we bring the community together on open source projects, sometimes on major tech that's changing the world. Uh, I feel my story about Chucky being scared of Chucky yeah. as a kid has brought our community together closer than ever before. Uh, they say, I'm right there with you. I went to a ventriloquist museum in Fort Mitchell, Kentucky after watching Chucky. I was totally freaked out. All the dolls were looking at me. Listen, that's oh. not your imagination. They were. They're evil. They were looking at you, and it might you be thinking, are those eyes following me around the room, yeah. or is it just the lighting? Yeah. Well, it's, it's, it's both. There's something inherently creepy about an old like porcelain doll and things. Have you guys uh-huh. come across that? Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. There's, yeah. No, there's something instinctually that's like, I don't know. I would imagine 
if we could go back in time, humans probably had instincts about certain animals, uh, the knowing that if they were, you know, we're hunting gathering uh, time period and you would just see something and instantly be struck with fear. Dolls are that way. Sometime in human history, dolls attacked mankind. And we had same to, thing with clowns. Yeah. <laughs> clowns mm-hmm. attacked us too. Same thing. So, and then you have doll clowns and you're like, too much. Clowns. Yeah. yeah. Too much. Typical combination. Jill, do you have old porcelain dolls and things around your house? No, I never cared. Doll? Yeah. Even I was, a little, well, I wasn't, I didn't play with dolls when I was a little girl. I was into boy toys. So, but I had one dolly, but, but she, uh, she was plastic, not porcelain. (laughs) Yeah. Porcelain dolls are scary as heck. The other doll I had though was a very rare, uh, Wonder Woman doll made by Mattel toys. Nice. And she was my favorite because she was a superhero. (laughs) Nice. Yeah. That's good. That's one. awesome. Uh, Wendy is in our patron chat, and I just want you all to know because we're deathly afraid of Wendy. That um, Wendy said she had some porcelain dolls of her grandma, so you could imagine that Wendy would be the one who's not afraid of those things. Yeah. <laughs> Wendy true. has to tape up her muscles and things like that. So <laughs> not, not surprising. Not surprised. Not surprised at all. All right. So if you want to send in your random comments to the show, if you want to send in questions about open source, if you want to tell Michael to please stop taking over the show to talk about plasma endlessly. If you want to tell Ryan why your favorite color of croc is blue, (laughs) feel free to do that. Send in your comments to destinationlinux.net slash comments, and we will make sure that they make it in the show unless you're particularly mean. And that goes for you too, Wendy. We're not going to air your mean emails you send us all the time. Just so stop you. sending them, Wendy. Gosh. Stop sending them, Wendy. <laughs> <laughs> Are you looking for a secure open source f- solution for remote access and app streaming? Check out Chasm, the proud sponsors of this episode of Destination Linux. With Chasm, self-hosting is a breeze using Docker, and you can enjoy privacy and non-attributable browsing from any browser. So you can do this without a VPN. You don't need one. You can do this without installing anything because you can just do it right in any browser. Host it on your Raspberry Pi, DigitalOcean Droplet, Linode, or your home server. And you can access your apps hassle-free anytime, anywhere. Visit destinationlinux.net slash chasm. That's destinationlinux.net slash K-A-S-M to empower your digital workspace. And Chasm, it basically lets you unleash the possibilities of secure, accessible computing wherever you are. If you're a business and you need to stream apps to clients or provide works, virtual workspaces to your employees, Chasm offers hosting services with persistent profiles, file shares, single sign-on support, SSH key management, custom images, and so much more. So check them out by going to destinationlinux.net slash Chasm, and you can also get a coupon. And if you want to get more information about Chasm, you can check out the link, like I said, but you can also check out the show notes. We have a video where we go into kind of in-depth about our testing or our review of Chasm. We'll have that in the show notes. But again, go to destinationlinux.net slash Chasm to check it out. And Michael and I collaborated behind the scenes on this I video. I did mostly everything. I collaborated with Mike. Why did you have to bring that up, Michael? I was showing our partnership. Ryan and, our- and I collaborated together to make this video. Yes. Thank you, Michael. And it was really fun testing <laughs> Chasm out, though. It like, was Chasm fun. Was it was flat. very fun. And yeah. I was putting secret files up for Michael to find and things like that. And it's true. Um, my artwork. 
It uh, was glorious fun. artwork. Thank you. If you're like a four-year-old. But um, <laughs> Thank you, Michael. That's an upgrade because last time you said it was like a three-year-old. So I feel like I'm getting better. Yeah, yeah you're growing. You're growing up. <laughs> you're growing up so fast these days. Thanks. <laughs> this week, we're going to be covering the awesomeness of Plasma 6. And of course, because yes. if you didn't know, Michael is the biggest fanboy of KDE on the planet. So when I was gathering feedback for the show this week, I want to paint an image for you guys. This really happened. I was like, hey, Jill, Michael, we need something really important to talk about during the show. And Jill started to talk, and Michael's just in the background jumping up and down. He's like, pick me, pick me, pick Imagine me. a little really- kid in like a dodgeball game where yeah. they're trying to pick teams, and I'm like. That, that right there is exactly what I saw. And I was like, so I called in him called on him after a few minutes and he's like gathering his breath and he finally was so excited he got picked and he's like plasma six and i was like okay michael we'll let you have it this one episode is for you plasma Mm -hmm. six but before we get into our overview michael you need to give them some highlights you can't just sit there and gush the entire time so you gotta give them a little bit of an overview of like what to look forward to in plasma six and then you can start your gushing okay yeah. I, I will give highlights and overviews and all that. Fine. Yeah. Fine. All right. But in addition to that, I will start off with a story about oh, my God. fandom we KDE Plasma. Uh-huh. So KDE Plasma, as you may have guessed, is my daily driver because it is so powerful, customizable, and yet somehow at the same time, it's still surprisingly lightweight. I switched to KDE Plasma around early 2014. So obviously, <laughs> the timing of this release is so that KDE can celebrate with me my 10th anniversary of using KDE Plasma. So KDE Plasma Plasma 6 has just come out, and I am super excited. And let's talk about the highlights. So the user experience improvements are everywhere. Now, the first thing is easily the overview. It is super cool. They merged the desktop grid and the overview slash the present windows feature into a new all-in-one, state-of-the-art type of flow. So you can switch between them at certain shortcuts or you can do gestures. So if you want to do four fingers up and down, you can activate the overview and you get access to your virtual desktops, your applications, and your search, everything all right there. You can also still access the desktop grid or the overview directly if you want to. But the fact that they have this whole merge thing, super cool. One of my favorite things. And I, I am not ashamed to admit that I played with it with my the gesture thing on the touchpad like up and down like just playing with it activating it for no Aww. reason at all did it a lot <laughs> <laughs> nice like a little child yep did it a lot totally okay with that yeah. also they have custom sort ordering for k runner search results which is very nice let's tell people about k runner cuz i still yeah. feel like k runner is awesome. know what k runner is it's no. wonderful yeah. yeah okay so k runner is fantastic it's an app launcher but that's just that's technically what it's called but it's not a really good name because everybody sees like the start menus and stuff like that as app launchers. So it's a weird term, but that's technically its name. So what KRunner does is effectively allow you to do anything you want, whether you want to app, uh, open your apps from just activating a, sh- a keyboard shortcut and then start typing. You can then type it. You can do that by hitting the super key as well and then type it there. But you can also do many other things. You can do searches for your documents. You can do calculations based on like, 
doing uh, number calculations. Arithmetic. You can do you can mm-hmm. do conversions of you know uh, pounds to kilograms and stuff like that. You can do all sorts of stuff, and also you could do pounds to U.S. dollars. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Did there with the um, puns of <laughs> words. You know what so, I like about it though is if you're on your desktop, you just start typing. <laughs> K Runner will come up. So you don't yeah. have to like click a button. You don't have to hit a hotkey. If you just you're on KDE's desktop, but and you for the most typing. people, they're not just sitting on their desktop. They're going to have something open. So I still like the fact yeah. that they you can just hit you hit. That's Alt because space. you don't do multiple workspaces. I do not. multiple workspaces. I do multiple then monitors. You would have free workspaces. I have so much stuff everywhere because yeah. I am productive, Ryan. Mm. You don't know what that oh. means and how, what that yeah. feels like. I don't like, know what your version of productivity but, is. That's true. <laughs> well, I mean, my productive system is to have everything everywhere scattered and be uh, Wait like for Ryan to yell on, at him to do it. Psh, yeah. No, I don't need you to yell at me. Just so, sortly nudge. Just nudge. nudge. Yeah, exactly. Like but anyway, K Runner is awesome. You can do that. But it basically allows you to do anything you want in a, well, not anything, but a lot of stuff. And there's a section where you can activate new features. You can get new stuff from the KDE store and enhance K-Runner even more. And it can do so many things. It's hard to describe like how useful it is because once you start using it, you're going to keep using it. Of KDE, but I think it's one of the least talked about features that's been there forever. Oh yeah, uh, and I think the first time I may have come across it was Michael just started typing something. I'm like, "Whoa, you could do that!" I think when he was at my house one time, and so I didn't even know it existed for a long time. Um, but K Runner is amazing. So if you're going to use KDE, if you're going to try Plasma, definitely check out K Runner because it's it's one of the best, one of the better features for sure. Yeah, it's the, the search cool. is unparalleled. <laughs> yeah, with any application out there, it's it's one of the best. Yeah, it's also really fast and everything. It's it's yeah. pretty cool. Uh, also, there's more stuff to talk about with KDE Plasma 6, and that is panel changes and in visual yeah. improvements to the panels. Now, the panels, I didn't know how I was going to feel about this. So uh, they talked about floating panels, and I saw the screenshots, and I was like, okay, sure. But seeing screenshots and using it is different. I did decided to keep the panels as the floating, as they are default, and I just used it as a regular, you know, everyday kind of usage. And I noticed something that was really nice. When you maximized your window, it also turned off the floating and it made it maximize against on, on the panel. Like, so it, it basically makes it all the, con- all the content of the screen is being used because if it just did the floating panel at all times, that would kind of irritate me to see like the, the, a little bit of the wallpaper and then nothing else. Yeah. So I like how they did that. So I actually like the panel. And if you don't, that's okay too. But I like the floating panel. Because of KDE, if you don't like it, you can change it probably. Yes. That's yeah. what KDE is. Um, I left it default too, Michael, which I know you'll find surprising. That is uh, in my crazy. Yeah. No way. Uh, you <laughs> that's, you that's, left yours default? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I decided for those who are, <laughs> yeah. For those who are new to the show, that's all he ever does. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Use it he, like God made it. When I went to his house the first time and I <laughs> used his actual setup, I was like, what are you doing? Yeah, Be- because he was also using XFCE at the time, and XFCE <laughs> default it's uh it's gotten better. But back then it has it, was pretty rough. it, it has gotten yeah. a lot better. But yeah. back then this was like years ago, yeah. five years ago. So I'm like, God, we've known each other that long. What is wrong? Way too us? long. We've known each other <laughs> way too long. And uh, is that uh, a anyway. te- is that a teddy bear behind you with Captain America shields on it? By the way, I just noticed for those watching the video version, this new thing in the background. Is that a teddy bear with Captain I, America shield ears? Well, first of all, first of all, ears. I yeah. went to America. Disney World okay. and 
because I'm a silly person, I decided yes. to get the ears too. And okay. I got the Captain America ears because most of them are not really something I would do. But that I thought that was funny. So your giant uh, no, that's not a five teddy bear. But was walking around <laughs> Disney World with Mickey Mouse ears. Just yes, I was. Okay, that's yes, I, and and also I was one of the zero point zero two percent of guys wearing anything like that. <laughs> I know I, I saw I saw one person walk around the corner of the guy with wearing it. I was like, "There's another one." You yeah. take the road less traveled, Michael. Good job. Exactly. All right, back. But to also, plasma. this is a it's not a teddy bear. It's a Rocket League ball, bro. Oh, okay. Yeah. You Come just on. put Rocket the ears on the, on, on the ball. Top of a, yeah, it actually fit perfectly. So I was like, "Where am I going to put this?" Like, oh, yeah. Rocket League ball, perfect. That's cute. All right, continue. Okay, continue, Michael. Uh, thank you, thank you for your permission. <laughs> they also made some big changes to the organization mm-hmm. of the settings to make it easier and more useful. Mm-hmm. And I do think that they have made a very... It's funny because when I first started using the changes, I thought, oh no, I got to learn this again. Because I was so used to it for the years and years that I've been using it. I know where everything was. Now that's not true. But then I started digging and I'm like, okay, yes, that's better. You know, having the input yeah. devices much higher up on the list and everything that you're going to interact with the wallpaper section. Yep. Mm -hmm. Very nice. And they they have everything that's theme, that's theme related, all connected into one tier. Yeah. It's wonderful. So well done there. Uh, And they've also uh, different types of changes to defaults, Mm. which is really, really cool. And I like these things because uh, default is king, as I like to say. People don't want to change stuff if they, like, for example, Ryan, he will just suffer through whatever terrible default you give him. But it's better for most people to have good defaults so that they don't have to change. Yeah. Like, you can, there's more types of default apps that can be chosen, for example. And this one actually is important for me because sometimes the apps that chooses to open notes or even your browser or whatever by default. I want to be able to change all of that stuff. And sometimes I'm switching stuff and want to change it again to something else. I want that to be easy. And they've they've done that. Yeah. Which is cool. I mean, the the default apps thing is, it's very useful to have more types because it used to be just, I think like three, you know, it's just like editor, email and browser. Now you have more. So always happy to see that. More is good. And Wayland improvement. Especially in the KDE world. Give me more. Yes. Wayland improvements is a big deal because we talked about yeah. Wayland becoming kind of the default now. And, you know, KDE's got to step up here some more. And they did. You got color management support for sRGB applications on Wayland. Also, Wayland and, is now the default setting when you first start using the system. Yep. So you get it yeah. automatically. You don't have to switch. And I, because you used to just have to turn it on. Now you don't have to. But the next one, that huge. is yeah. awesome. <laughs> what and is the that, next one, Michael? That is. High dynamic range support or HDR support. So cool. Finally. Yes, yes, yes. So now I can really enjoy my high refresh 200 to 250 uh, refresh monitors. In fact, I got this question not too long ago asking, someone was asking me, is there any desktop environment out there that supports HDR well? And I was like, well, you got me on the well part. There's something to support it. But not also, well. Windows doesn't do it well yeah. either. Yeah. So. No. Uh, so this is really a huge improvement, and I imagine yeah. a ton of work for the team. So really appreciate yeah. them putting awesome. it in there. But even more important is the desktop cube effect returns. Mm-hmm. Of course, that uh, I can't believe I forgot about the yeah. cube. 
Yeah. The desktop cube is back, people. And for those who don't know what it is, we're going to display a video showing you what it is. Yeah. But it's a way to transition between de- work, your desktops, your virtual desktops, to other desktops where you're working on different things, where you have like, your browser open or your email open, mm-hmm. you can switch back and forth. And you might be thinking, isn't this kind of pointless and there's no real reason to do this? And you're right, but also stop talking. Yeah. Like, <laughs> this is important. Desktop People think important. you're amazing hacker when your computer does the little 3D flip yes. for the screen. Like, so, I have <laughs> it set up here, uh, you know, utilizing Zorin OS, and I love the cube. Like, it surprises me sometimes because I forget when I'm working on other machines and I'll, like, go to flip something and it does the little thing and I get a little giddy. I, I'm not going to lie. Like, yeah. I've... I love well, the little 3D cube effect to this yep. day. It still yeah. impresses me. So you know. one of the reasons it's so important to us Linux users, because back in the day, like early uh, 2000s, late 90s, we had the desktop cube effect. And that was one of the things we could hold over Windows users. We had a cool desktop cube effect on Linux. Eat that, Windows. <laughs> Didn't Windows try to copy that at some point? Yeah. In, like Millennium yeah. version? And they something? gave up. It quit very quickly. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But also, <laughs> it's funny because you were talking about how you use it to show off how it's cool. Yeah. Uh, that's exactly why I use it. Anytime I was ever, like, with my laptop and I go to someone's house and they're like, yeah. they're like oh, you're using Linux. What is this? <laughs> like, well, check out what this can do. And I just make this thing. And it really has no actual value Not in terms more of productivity. With it, like, nothing. No. Yeah. Yeah. But it's cool. Awesome. It's and cool. I'm happy it's back. That's awesome. It's awesome. Mm-hmm. It's the opposite of Crocs. Uh, yeah. Now you have, when rebooting, ability to opt out of installing a downloaded offline update. So, you know, That's that happens nice. when you go to reboot and it's like, oh, we need update and you're forced to kind of update. Now you can kind of opt out. So I now like this. Opt out. I like the fact that they're giving you the option to not yeah. have it do that. But I also like the fact that it does that because some people are thinking like, I like having my updates anytime while I'm running. Because that's a thing that people have said that, you know, you can just update your system and not worry about it. And then, but that's kind of true and kind of not true because there are some random use cases where people will update their systems multiple times and not reboot their, their computer over the course of weeks or even months. They just leave it on at all times. And if you don't reboot at some point, it can't do the full update. So this is kind of like trying to stop that from being the norm. And uh, I don't know how many people do that because I don't update hardly ever. But it's good that there's an option that you can, if you are not bothered by that. Yeah. And you got color blindness correction filters, <laughs> support for sound themes, simultaneous password, fingerprint, smart card, auth on lock screen. I know a lot of people get frustrated with their laptops on Linux because they can't utilize that stuff. Their yeah. smart I, absolutely. cards. Absolutely. I actually, readers, when, when, when the, I got a laptop that has a fingerprint reader. When I first got that, it infuriated me it still kind of does to be fair it still kind of does because they put the fingerprint reader where the right control key is Um, and there is no um, right control and i think that is incredibly stupid because the right control is so much more useful because it is right next to the arrow keys yeah plus how do you get out of virtual box when it captures your mouse and uh, yeah there you, exactly. You, need your right control you have key. to change the default. Exactly. That's yeah. true. I, I forgot about that being the default. So it's ridiculous. But then also I started using the fingerprint scanner to log into my computer rather than doing the password stuff. It's it's pretty nice, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Biometrics are are definitely a convenience. Uh when when 
implemented correctly. Yes. And then you when got, it's all locally stored on your computer. Fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> That's fantastic. Optional automatic background crash reporting, which I love. Like I like the idea that I can send information automatically without having to think about it if something crashing is not working and that helps the developers be able to debug and find out what's going on. Um, so you have optional. It's optional. You don't have to keep that in mind. But I love that type of feature there. And here's what kills me. You talk about all these features. And by the way, we covered like 35% of the changes because uh, there's so many bug fixes and other. Oh, don't UI worry. We're going to get to them, yeah. people. No, <laughs> Mike, but we're not. We're going to get to We're going to run out of time. <laughs> I don't think so. I will make time. <laughs> you know, yeah. So we've only gotten to like 35%. But Nate Graham is already discussing the 6.1 point release. Like they just released this and he's already talking about 6.1. And how the updates and improvements that we're seeing here are really groundwork laying improvements. So this is the groundwork for a lot of new stuff that's going to be coming in the future. And also it shows their work never stops. And even if you're not a KDE user, you got to love and respect the drive that team has to be like, hey, we just did all of this cool stuff. Great. Let's start over and do it all over again and come up with more cool stuff. So I just think it's really awesome that um, what they've accomplished and also amazing that we have this open source community going out there and group of people working on stuff, making it so awesome for us to use there. So I completely agree to them. I completely agree. Uh, KDE is a community is awesome. They make so much good stuff. In addition to Plasma, Plasma is fantastic. It's the, my favorite DE, but they also make other stuff. They make applications and a yeah. lot of them. Yeah. And they lot. are not all of them, but most of them are fantastic, and I use them. And they all start with a K. If you're wondering if they, it's they, made by KDE, it starts with a K. They do not all start with a K. <laughs> not all of because them. Because <laughs> Dolphin, Dolphin, Cadolphin. does not have a K in it. At you're not all. pronouncing it right. It's Cadolphin. It's no. It's uh, that'd be funny. <laughs> they should just rename everything, and it's like, no, this is a silent K. You know, like so how Night <laughs> is a silent K. Is like, yeah. it's a silent K. No, just skip right. that part. But uh, sometimes all right, let's they get do into our experience, Michael, because like we talked about all the cool features, but. What's I don't know like? if you could, you could, hold on, Ryan. I don't know if you could see this, but I wanted to, people who are in the, listening to the audio, you're missing out because the for people who are watching the video, while you were talking about the new stuff coming with 6.1, I don't know if you could tell, but you could maybe see me look like I'm super excited to get ready to talk. And I was, I was like, yes, let's do this. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Getting a little giddy there. I was. I was. <laughs> like Disney World. I, I, didn't even, I didn't even realize I was doing it until after I did it. I was like, wait. You can see me right here. <laughs> yeah, it's fun to be a fanboy. It's fun. It is. It's fun to geek out on stuff. So let's talk about our experience with Plasma 6 because we played with it this week. So we talked about all yeah. the features. That's really cool. Um, Michael, for time purposes, we've set a hard cutoff point for gloating, gushing, and complimenting. So you have five <laughs> minutes or less and your mic gets cut off after that. So, Disagree. Michael, what was your experience? I do not agree to these terms. Using Plasma 6. You've accepted the terms, by Michael. Oh. Do not agree to this terms. service. I do not agree to the EULA. I know, absolutely not. Uh, but I, I'm a fan. So I'm already a fan of KDE Plasma. Right. And if you're a long-time listener to the show, you know that. Yeah. But Plasma 6, I had high hopes for. I had hopes that Plasma 6 is going to make some changes to the UI, make some changes to the, the experience, the overall polish, and bring out an experience that is modern and still is unique and still has a lot of cool elements and all that sort of stuff. And I had very high hopes for it. And I'm happy to say that they were successful in meeting those hopes. Now, of course, not everything is perfect to my preferences because that's impossible. And also the fact that KDE 
makes it designed in a way that you can customize it and mm -hmm. do things to your preferences is why I use KDE. So it really doesn't matter exactly if every single thing by default is set to my preferences, but they are doing a lot of stuff for defaults to the overall beginner user. Double and I think I think that is important and I love it. So I, for those who don't know, I have a career in a lot of things. They all kind of mesh together. So uh, web design, graphic design, marketing, branding, these kind of things are all similar. So I also did gra uh, UX design and th that's user experience design. And it's something that makes me think about stuff in a different way. Because when I suggest things as a default, I'm not talking about what I think should be done for me, but for what it should be done for other people who are beginners. And for a long time, to having double click by default. Mm, and what that means is, it. is yeah. single click for a long time was a default to just to activate applications and, and open things on your folder in your, in your desktop. And that would become a problem for people because they would click it multiple times and have multiple things open or click multiple things as they're selecting and have all these things open. And it was just confusing. So they changed that in Plasma 6. And when, they, and, and when it actually changed, I had someone from KDE send me a private message and say, hey, check out this uh, like some pull request or this merge request thing. And it was like, oh, finally. <laughs> so it was just funny because it was funny to me because not only is it something I wanted to happen because I think it's good for Plasma and I think it's good for Linux and I think it's good yeah. overall for the user. It's also funny that when it did happen, <laughs> somebody from KDE specifically contacted me to let me know it was happening. You're like, we uh, finally did this for you. <laughs> Shut up. Yeah, exactly. It's like, yeah. like, can you stop now, Michael? Yes, yes, I will. Thank you very much. Wonderful. Uh, also, there's a lot of cool stuff. And I think that the the new style is nice. The, the floating panels is nice. I do think that the darker feel of the panels looks much, much better than the brighter feel. Because when I switched it to dark theme, it was like, whoa, this looks so much better. Uh, but there is the KDE Twilight or the Breeze Twilight theme. So if you want to have a merge of those, you could switch to that. So that is an option. All right, Joe, uh, cut off his mic. Cut I'm not done yet. I'm not cut done yet. Cut off his mic, Joe. I also... <laughs> Um, I I do actually, we'll get to it later. There are, some, it's not all positive. There are some negative things that I ran into. So we'll get to those <laughs> later. But I wanted to uh, do the upfront thing and say like, hey, all right, Jill, I'm a so huge what fan. You think and Brian, stop stop interrupting. It's rude. It's rude Plus to interrupt six, people. Okay, Jill. It's rude gotta, to interrupt people. You gotta just people. let Michael go. He's no, gotta get can't. it out. Cut, cut him, cut him, cut him. K all right, Katie Michael, e why don't you add on to some of the things is, we're about to add to it? I'm not done. I have at okay. least 17 more minutes. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, by fine, the way, uh, we have one of our patrons mention something I think is really important. Fun fact, Kwin does indeed do HDR objectively better than Windows. Windows uses the wrong transfer function for sRGB content, which means black levels are wrong for non-HDR stuff. Dark colors are shown too bright. It's the most common complaint about Windows HDR and somehow still not fixed. Really interesting information yeah. there. Thank you for adding that additional detail. That is detail. very cool. Thank you. Awesome. Yeah. And it shows you how important it is for KDE to have implemented. And it shows you how awesome KDE is to do it right. Boom. Boom. So Boom. I can't add anything to what Michael had because you covered everything um, in there. But <laughs> No, I didn't. I covered maybe 40% of what I wanted to cover because there is so much to cover. But I understand that 
this this you're not as as into it as time. I am. I give me get it. It's fine. You know, let's let's give some more time. No, I I really enjoyed KDE. Like, let uh, go of the mic. Six. I don't think I can do that. I don't. But, not on this Plasma topic. Six buddy. is I think a lot of the things that a lot of people over time have um, complained about or wish were changed. The settings. I think is one of the big ones yeah, where huge. it's yeah. great to have all these settings. And Organized. I understand the difficulty of this for the team because the amount of code, I mean, look at GNOME. They pull everything, every feature, even useful ones to make it easier to write their desktop environment. Whereas KDE mm-hmm. adds everything you could possibly imagine in and makes it the most complex thing from a coding standpoint, I would imagine out there. Um, and keeps adding new features and new ways for you to change things and new ways for you to customize it constantly. So this code is a beast. So for them to go in and rearrange all of the settings and recategorize them and be thinking about the user experience with that, I know it takes a ton of work, a ton of probably meetings and discussion and arguments of why this thing should go here, why it shouldn't go there. It's not like Linux people aren't very opinionated because, you know, mm-hmm. We we're kind of known for that. So the fact they were able to pull it off and create, in my opinion, a much better organized settings system for you to go into, I think is great. I love the floating panels. I love all of the changes that they did. I love the separate wallpaper section. The one yes. thing I will say mm-hmm. that I think GNOME has a better experience with that I think KDE could improve on a lot is if... If you're looking at multiple workspaces, the ability to hit the meta key and have the very large dash come up and then have your workspaces right there at the top where I can just move applications to it very easily and simply, I think is a much superior workflow and menu system than the traditional Windows-like menu system. Now, KDE has a dash option. You can right-click and set that, but I think it's kind of crap comparatively to GNOME. Like, it's not very good. And maybe Michael will disagree with me on this, but I just don't think it's... first of all... Well, it doesn't look good. First of all, is it crap with a K? Yes, of course. (laughs) Correct. Just checking. Just checking. And no offense to whoever designed it. I know what you're trying to do, and I can (laughs) see it's very sophisticated. It just... It doesn't work for me as a UI stamp from a UI so, standpoint. I didn't use it in Plasma 6, so I don't know if it has been changed significantly, but I can say that the dashboard version of the menu was the same design for a long time. It still looks the same. Yeah. Okay. So I don't think it actually has been any, being maintained at all. Maybe like for bug fixes and stuff like that, but not for like the user usability and that sort of yeah. thing. Uh, but I also don't think it should be. I think that the better option would be to kind of merge the two things. But this could be something that happens later. Like, I do agree that you had the point about the overview in GNOME has the combination of all that stuff. And all they have to do is add applications to the new overview that is in Plasma. And then, boom, you have the same kind of thing. Yes. And in workspace, I, workspaces. So they already I can have, add they different already have workspaces that. right there at the top. They already have that. Yeah. Well, so the, you can add workspaces at the bottom, but not in the dashboard. So when the dashboard comes up, I think right there, you should have the ability to add additional workspaces. Oh, no, no, no. Right I'm ta- no, it, okay. Yeah. First of all, I'm talking about like take the dashboard and put it to the side. We're not even... No, oh, okay. It's, gotcha, gotcha. It's over okay. here in its own little world. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about the overview system that they added now, which has the workspaces, has the search, has the applications, has everything showing. If they just add an option to display the apps... So you could launch the apps from there because you can actually just launch the apps from there because the search box is K Runner. 
So you yeah. could just launch it from there, but that does require you to know what you want to launch and, and to type it out yourself rather than someone who's new would be able to use an app button that shows you all the different apps, kind of like how GNOME does it and also how macOS does it. They have like a little button that you click to activate that section. Yeah. And that would be, in my opinion, what you want pretty simply because it just add this one other feature to this already fantastic feature that's in Plasma. Agreed. Yeah. I think they could definitely improve it. Uh, I think they could make the dashboard itself, if they wanted to keep that as a separate option, even better than it currently is. And this is a small complaint because That's I imagine true. the amount of people who utilize the, that feat, that per- alternative menu is probably very small. So I understand why they haven't spent a ton of time on it. And I'm happy with the things they did spend. So ultimately, I want to say to the KDE team, I think it's amazing. It's beautiful. And it made me... Look at my GNOME desktop, which is a customized version from Zorin. They did a great job making GNOME that looks functional like GNOME. Yeah. by having like, you know, app indicators and stuff by default. Um, but I it made me want to try KDE 6 like permanently again, you know. But I'd leave it default because it's good enough default. You know, it is. Sure. I mean, the, def- the defaults are very good. I mean, there are, are a great. couple little yeah. defaults I would change. But for the most part, I think that it's 99% just good to go give it to somebody and they're, they're fine. Like, yeah. I think that is, yeah. that is the case. There are a few things that uh, I noticed, but Jill, what was your experience? Oh, so I noticed immediately how fast and polished the UI looked. It just, things were happening really good quickly. Yeah. And I know a lot of that has to do with the move to Wayland. Uh, that does, I've noticed here on my, my system, I have, I have two partitions, one with Wayland and one without. And the Wayland system is just far faster but yeah. with plasma it just flies <laughs> it really <laughs> does everything just applications were opening quicker than i could see them and, and that's a compliment <laughs> so <laughs> and and boy you know uh one of the applications that a- opens so fast now is the dolphin file manager because he used to be kind of sluggish opening it always took like it always seems a few a few seconds before that would open and now it just it seems like you click on the mouse and it's instantaneous. So yeah, and this is through it. a virtual machine you were playing with. This yeah, thing, right? yeah, yeah. I was playing with uh, it, it with it in GNOME boxes, and um, yeah, the developer of that was working on uh, the Dolphin twenty four point oh five file manager said that it's supposed to have faster startup time in the range of 2 to 17%. And it definitely delivers on that. <laughs> to me, it nice. was the full 17% at least. <laughs> yeah. So with me, it's funny because <laughs> I don't even notice how fast Dolphin is because I open yeah. it one time and leave it open the entire day. Uh, that okay. you use no other desktop environment long enough to ever make the comparison. You know? Yeah. <laughs> no, for the, I mean, I also do that in everything. Like yeah. I, I, no matter de- whatever, I'm still opening my file manager and leaving it there. Just leaving it there. Cause you know, yeah. you're going to need it. Cause I'm going to have it. I'm going to, I'm going to use it so many times throughout the day. There's no reason <laughs> yeah. to close it again. You know, that's, Point. that's the thing. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, one of the other cool things, and I have to point this out is that the Firefox web browser was extremely zippy, even running on a VM on plasma. It was probably the fastest experience I had running Firefox on a VM. I'm like, oh, it's already open. Now, does KDE Neon, because you use KDE Neon for your test, right? Does it utilize snaps? I don't think it does. No. Uh Uh-uh. I don't know if it has it installed or not, but I don't think it it does. I don't think it uses them. Like I think Snaps is on their page. They talk about Snaps on their pages like a sponsor and all that. So they may may utilize it. I don't know. 
they might be talking about Canonical as like a sponsor in a in a sort of way where they're not actually a sponsor, but they're using they're like yeah, giving respect to them for making Ubuntu. I just or something remember like seeing that. the Big Snaps logo when I was downloading KDE Neon, like in there. And the other well, distro that I think has Plasma now. Six is Ka OS, right? KOS. Yeah. Yes. I hundred percent at all times want to call it chaos. It is yeah, not chaos. chaos. Yeah, it's it not is chaos. KOS. It'd be chaos. so much cooler as chaos. Yeah. Yeah. Well, another one, thing I'm looking forward to with Plasma Six is running it on my Steam Deck, which I use every day. I use yeah. I use it in desktop mode and with a, a keyboard, mouse, and monitor. So <laughs> I'm looking That's forward. That's a good to point. That. So when the update gets there to yeah. Steam OS, then you'll have Plasma Six there as well. That'd be yeah. great. Okay. So your Steam Deck. Quick, Quick correction is that the Snap Packages is not a sponsor of any kind. It's just them. Basically, KDE makes snaps of all their applications, and it's just a link to go download the, the snaps. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Okay. Sense. Very cool. Mm-hmm. So I was but, just wondering if snaps was that experience, because that would be a pretty cool feather in the cap of snaps if it was yeah, a snap, but it turns absolutely. out it wasn't a snap. So there you go. I mean, we don't know if it was or not. I don't think we oh, checked. Oh, don't know. We yeah, don't know. We, we, should, we should have checked that. We're still we should have checked it, but also... Yes, yeah. Uh, if we had someone who was a fact checker on our show, like we talked about before, uh, it'd have been easier to yeah. uh, do. We that. need a live but, fact checker. <laughs> uh, this just in: I'm changing topics, but still KDE Plasma, but not related to this particular topic. So let's talk about. <laughs> you mentioned KDE Neon, and I do think that it's worth talking about Neon specifically mm. because we all yeah. tested it with Neon, yeah. and it's kind. Of, it's not really accessible. Plasma Six is out right now, and you can use it on certain distros. But the distros that are currently are not the ones that you're typically known like known to be using. Like it's not on Ubuntu yet, it's not on Fedora yet, it's not on etc. Uh, so I think it's cool that Neon exists, but I'm actually torn over it because without Neon, I wouldn't be able to play with Neon, or I wouldn't be able to play with Plasma Six and you know experience it for as much as I have because they have the betas and the unta- unstable version and the testing version and all that stuff. And you can try it out, and that's cool. And you could you could be able to try out Plasma Six for months now using Neon, and that's that's awesome that it exists. But also, it does other things that is kind of odd. And there, and I mentioned this on a previous episode of Twill, and someone in the comments said something that I think is the greatest way to describe it, because KDE Neon has a frequently asked questions section that specifically answers the question, is it a distro? With the answer of no, it is not a distro. It is a a project that they're making that they have, they put on the stack of KDE on top of Ubuntu. So it's technically not considered a distro in their sense. And they even say specifically, we only are focusing on the KDE stack. And that's totally fine. I think that perspective is totally fine. But also you have a user edition that says it's good for everyday, everyday use. How can you have a user edition that is for everyday usage for regular users and also tell them it's not a distro that should be used because it's for trying out KDE stuff and keeping that? Probably it's, because so many people have even commented on this show, like not knowing that frequently asked questions exist when we've ever talked about KDE Neon about the fact that, no, it's perfect. It is a distro. It works perfectly. I use it all the time. It's the only one I use, which is fine. And they probably just gave in and were like, look, let's just create a user edition out there and let people use this. But we're not still responsible if anything breaks. So still having that FAQ is kind of like a, like it's very 
I think most people have commented, I've never used it full time, but that is a very stable despite that frequently asked questions as a distro. Now, would I use it in a I production mean, environment for like podcasting? No, but you know, it's still probably pretty stable for your average everyday kind see, of the usage. problem is, is that the, the issue is that they're not, they, they specifically say they're focusing on KD stack. That means they're not paying attention to the underlying core of the system. Yeah. So that Ubuntu is paying attention to the underlying core, but there's a, there's a, a disconnect between the underlying core that Ubuntu pays attention to, which is not KDE related and the KDE stack that they're only paying attention to. And if there's a conflict anywhere in the middle, well, then no one's paying attention to it. And so that you think they should get rid of user addition. I'm saying that they should either pick one or the other. They should yeah. pick either you're going to be user a addition, distro, be a distro, or don't be a distro and yeah. don't have a user addition. Well, because the, the comment I was talking about earlier, they, they described it as Schrodinger's distro. And that's fantastic because basically at this point, it's, it's trying to be both at the same time and also neither at the same time. And that doesn't necessarily work. And I just want, it's kind of like, I appreciate Neon existing so that I can test it and I can play with what's coming. But I'm also aware it's for testing and playing with it, not using it as like the production-ready daily driver thing. And then they have on their page that you that they have well, a version maybe of that. Well, they, maybe, are they, on that frequently asked question, because I haven't checked it, are they specifically referencing the user edition as one that's not a distro? Or are they meaning... They're they talking about the entirety of the project. Edition? They're so they, they just them. need to clarify because maybe they mean for the user edition now to be an actual distro and then the test yeah. and developer ones to not be. But if they need they to clarify, clarify then that's good. Yeah. But I also feel like they have another one that says, is this the KDE distro? And they say no to that too because it's yeah. a, you can put KDE Plasma on all these other distros. And I feel like there's just unnecessary confusion attached to sure. these. like Because the, the frequently asked question is supposed to provide information to remove confusion and this is the opposite of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so. fair. But also it's worth noting that if you're using KDE Neon, the experience you use of KDE Neon and KDE Plasma in other distros like Kubuntu or Fedora, it's going to be different because these distros are going to make some changes here and there to you know kind of have like an opinion of how Plasma could be done and they do it in that. So if you use Fedora with KDE Plasma 6, it will probably be somewhat different than the KDE Neon. So it's to keep it in mind that sometimes the issues that you might have with Plasma, if you're trying in Neon, could be just Neon-specific issues versus Plasma issues. Or Fedora-specific issues versus Plasma issues. All right, cut his mic off, Jill. He won't or yeah, I he could literally just keep talking because I want he to. Literally KDE is awesome and Plasma is the best. Plasma. Okay, right, fine. So, by the I, way, just want to fact-check this one thing. I did do SnapList in KDE. Whoa, 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 we fact-check. I am. Uh, okay. I did snap list in the terminal for KDE Neon and it comes back with there are no snaps installed and obviously Firefox is here. So this is not Firefox. Okay. That answers that. Cool. Yeah, there you go. Mm-hmm. But it's still very fast and that's very cool. Yes. This episode of Destination Linux is sponsored by Linbit. Linbit has been keeping digital businesses running for over 20 years. They're the makers of open source products like DRBD, which is high availability software that has been part of the Linux kernel since 2010, and LinStore, industry-leading open source software-defined storage. Linbit has an active presence in the open source community and they collaborate with the community to help identify and build new features. Linbit provides enterprise-grade software that runs on a variety of platforms and OSs without vendor lock-in. What that means is, is that you could choose the software on any platform, including specific hardware, 
that you want to use or just off the shelf hardware that you get and connect it. You get, all of this stuff can be interchanged really easily. And with DRBD and Lens Store, you can have high speed replicated block storage in almost any configuration, whether it's Kubernetes, Apache Cloud, or Open Nebula. There's even DRBD proxy for long distance replication. Linbit is run by its founders to this day, and all of its engineers and developers are in house with offices in Europe and North America which allows them to have global 24-7 support to complement their enterprise offerings. Visit linbit.com to learn more about the people behind Linbit and the awesome software for block storage, duplication, and more. Imagine this. Imagine Google in the trillion-dollar graphics card company NVIDIA teaming up to create something for the open-source community. Okay, until you said for the open-source community, I was terrified. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, as you know, Bard has now been changed its name to Gemini because it's very whoa. important. Whoa, yeah. whoa, whoa. Mm-hmm. Are you saying that Google disbarred it? Dis- oh, man. The chat <laughs> joke. Michael. <laughs> oh, <gosh>. <laughs> <laughs> so if you've, if you've used their version of like a chat GPT, right? This AI thing, it, it was called Bard before. Now it's Gemini. And I got to give it to them. Changing the name probably made a lot of sense because Bard was like barely okay, but Gemini I've been playing with a lot and it's really good. Like it's AI capabilities. I mean, the name has nothing to do with whether it's good or not. No, but I'm saying they wanted to make a different, they wanted to differentiate oh, they wanted, it. Okay, they want to say, hey, this is not Bard. Okay. Yeah, this is not Bard because everyone probably who used Bard would have been like, hey, we made updates to Bard. Be like, yeah, okay. Um, but Gemini is actually really leaps and bounds better than where Bard left off as far as its AI capabilities. Um, but we're not here to talk just about what they're doing with Gemini because Google is announcing Gemma, mm-hmm. which is a new open source AI model. And <laughs> Gemma aims to provide developers with advanced tools to create AI applications conscientiously. And there are two variants and this is really important. It, it's very, very powerful, but can be run on laptops and desktops. So you do not have mm. to have, you know, an $80 billion server farm of NVIDIA GPUs that cost $25,000 a piece in order to run this, which is a huge advantage. Yeah, that's awesome. Especially if you could do it locally while you're also doing other things. So it'd like, if they say you can put it on your laptop or your desktop and that that's all it can do, and it's a little bit different. Still cool. Still something yeah. that might be worth doing for some people who have spare computers or whatever. But, you know, I'm yeah. curious, like, what the difference is there. So Google has also introduced the Responsible Generative AI Toolkit. This includes a debugging tool and guideline booklet outlining best practices for AI development. This is very responsible of them to do this. And I think it's really an important part because we've talked about companies and a lot of people doing news articles and things bashing or fear-mongering over the potential of AI getting out into open source because it will It's be uniquely dangerous, unhinged. Ryan. It's uniquely yeah. dangerous. Uniquely dangerous. <laughs> um, so, you know, the fact that they're releasing this with a debugging tool and guidelines that they personally utilize to put guardrails in place for AI, will people use it? No, they don't have to, they don't, they get around the guardrails and the stuff where it's locked down in chat GPT too. We covered that in a whole other episode, but I think it's cool to include that So it's less things if you're getting into AI development, you have to think about, you've got some of the guidelines there that that they And also the fact that they're doing it with NVIDIA because NVIDIA has their uh, guardrails too, right? Exactly. Yeah, yeah, it's good. 
And they've made Gemma available on a plethora of platforms, including Collab, Kaggle Notebooks. Um, they've got it on Hugging Face. Hugging Face. Michael's favorite. So the, yeah. it's, such the, it's the best. It's a good name. So good. Uh, Max Text and NVIDIA Nemo and Tensor RT LLM. See, so, just, uh, see, imagine. Like Kaggle, that's kind of fun too, but Hugging yeah. Face just wins so far. Hugging <laughs> Face is one of the best names of a yeah. company out there by far. So Clem, who's a co-founder and CEO of Hugging Face, and I picked him specifically because I know how much you love the name Hugging Face, <laughs> Michael. That's uh, Speaking of yeah. Hugging Face. <laughs> yep. Said, Gemma has set new benchmarks outperforming all other models in its size and categories. So you're looking at things like Llama and other stuff that it's surpassed. So this is not That's a awesome. weak tool that they've released out there. This is That's apparently cool. very, yeah. very powerful. Um, it, it reminds me of the way... It. Also, the fact that they named it Gemma and they have Gemini. Yeah. It reminds yeah. me of the Chrome Chromium thing. You know, it's like they're very similar. Yeah. And it's going to confuse people because they're like, oh, I'm using Gemma. What do you mean Gemini? No, 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 Gemma. <laughs> it's like Chrome and Chromium. Like, what are you using Chrome? Are you using Chromium or Chrome? But anyway, Google yes. is really good at making work, like branding things to and a point where... It. They confuse people, and they're also really good at branding things and then rebranding things like seven times until they finally figure it out. Yeah. Except for Gmail. It's always been Gmail. Yes, that's (laughs) stayed true. And (laughs) NVIDIA, the company who found the magic genie in a bottle and became a trillion-dollar company overnight, uh, they're jumping on board as well uh, with lots of support to optimize Gemma. So they're coming in saying, hey, we're going to make sure... Uh, across all of our NVIDIA platforms that they're working well with all of our cards, uh, that all of our cards have support with it. And really all of these great things that they're saying that I was just like dreaming of the chance that maybe NVIDIA would say the same thing about Linux one day to provide yeah. that kind of level of support. And Yeah, just, hey, I, actually, NVIDIA, if you even if you don't want to open source, even if you don't, okay, but like care about the support. And yeah. then, and then we can, we can maybe talk about OSRs later, but like care. And also maybe, you know how you have this really fancy app inside of Windows and your Linux app has not changed in 15 yeah. years? <laughs> you know, I mean, I'm not saying that we want the Windows app because it's a, a mess, but if you could like just update, maybe like a little just cool. a little bit. Just like a, a little, little effort. Just, just a little bit of effort. It would be, nice. be nice. But it's cool what you're doing here. And we appreciate it. And pretty cool to see Google participating with the community yeah. and helping to support some more. Because Google does a lot in open source. So some more open source advancements there. I know uh, from a privacy standpoint, this is a company that we're a little bit like, eh, uh, Google. But Google so, does a lot. in. The I'm a little course. torn with Google. Yeah, they're hard to they're harder to love than they used to be. That's um, true. But doing things used like to be, this, makes it, it, it's easy. actually a very weird feeling to be like Google used to be like this the the beacon on the hill. They of were the like, chosen. Oh, they're so good. Yeah. And then they're we're, we're now we're like uh, they have cool stuff, sure. And then also it's yeah. kind of uh. and then Microsoft used to be this. I will never use your awful stuff ever. And like <laughs> you're the worst. And now it's like, well, I mean, they're actually kind of making some cool stuff. It's gonna, it's, it's weird because yeah. we're having this weird pivot of Microsoft yeah, becoming good, and Google becoming worse, and it's like, what is happening? Yeah. Anyway, let's yeah. Uh, Nvidia join the party and become good, just yeah. like how Microsoft is trying. Yeah. Just try and. And to be clear, NVIDIA NVIDIA, your hardware is dollar still bills right good. now. Listening to this episode, laughing, they're just literally lighting up million dollar bills. I understand. And and like, I understand yeah. why you're saying that, and <laughs> you're, they're probably are doing that. Yeah. But also, <laughs> it, 
NVIDIA, it does make good hardware. So it's kind of like, we, we yeah. want to use your, st- help us help you. Make it easier for us. Make yeah. it easier exactly. for us. Well, you know, this is actually, this is huge. This is the big announcement. We've honestly been waiting to hear about Google's AI and what they're going to do with it. And the fact that they are partnering with NVIDIA makes this announcement even more important because NVIDIA, as Michael said earlier, has championed its guardrails for the AI framework, which we have talked about in the past. And their partnership with Google's AI could make the industry standard and make this industry standard in AI security and gatekeeping a reality. So people out there have been really worried uh, about AI and maybe this will calm some of those fears. You know, it's. Yeah, it's responsible. They have the money money to do it. it, It's responsible. And I love that they're giving access to the community because that's one of the big things about Linux is you have a situation where you're closing that digital divide. And if AI taking off the way it is, if nobody's open sourcing and it's not allowed to be open source, which people want, they literally are out there writing articles and and trying to get government laws passed to ban open source AI. What's going to happen is it's only going to be accessible to those who have money and everyone else will not have access to it. Just like today, there are thousands, tens of thousands. In fact, there's 2 million project, which is to get any type of digital device in the hands of kids in the United States that have no access to anything digital at all. Imagine how far behind anybody who has no access to something digital at all is. And then when you look at AI, you've even got this further barrier. If there's a bunch of kids whose parents have money and they can let them take classes and courses and learn AI, and they go into the workforce versus a bunch of kids who only have access to books in the library, which are awesome. Don't get me wrong. I love the local library and all the books there, but they have no access to the AI and stuff. They're going to be very far behind in comparison. So making this open source and where you can run on a laptop and desktop allows people to be able to utilize this potentially uh, or bring them into schools and things where these kids would have access to at least play with this, learn it and understand it, or even bring it into libraries. Because now libraries have a lot of computers and stuff. So they could have stations and things set up where people could play with AI. It just opens up a lot of possibilities. This is a big deal, Jill. Um, You mentioned it. It, it's bigger than just, hey, it's cool. NVIDIA and Google are releasing something open source. It's yeah, very important what they're releasing. It'd be very impactful for a lot of people, especially yes. people who don't have easy access to stuff like this. 100%. And with, I think the library having the, like this kiosk stuff to kind of play with this same thing would be a great idea because a lot of people who don't have access to it could go to these places and get access. And also, they could find books about AI there because, yes. you know, that's possible too. And, Books. It's books. <laughs> Why don't they yeah. just get stone tablets and, and etch in them, Michael? Well, we do have tablets, but they're not stone. So, oh. well, anyway, so AI is actually been something we need to talk about in a future episode. We're going to move on from this because we've, you know, we haven't, we don't have enough time to spend on this because Michael's we need to go back to KDE plasma. plasma. No, we're not going and, back to um, KDE plasma. Uh, yeah. what? What's in gaming? Hurry, Jill. But, please. But okay. before, but we should okay. go back into we should go back into AI though because I I, I have been playing with a lot of AI stuff recently and yeah. Jill introduced me to something new <laughs> and we might talk about that in a future episode so cool. subscribe <laughs> subscribe <laughs> hit the like button punch yeah. it in the face punch the like button in the face in the face <laughs> if AI has you upset and you don't like the idea of a future with AI you can play this week's game. <laughs> 
<laughs> so this this week on Steam, they are having a cool Steam Dinos versus Robots Fest. And I thought hmm. it would be fun to highlight a free game from the festival that I know our viewers would like and that Michael and Ryan would enjoy playing. Mm-hmm. Maybe to vent some in, in, <laughs> vent out some energy from when they're in spats together. We get in spats, Michael? I don't think so. We're always get along. I don't know what Jill's talking about. <laughs> Ryan and I are so close. We're like best yeah. fr- best buds and everything. Yeah. So I, don't, I, don't, I mean, he, really best buds. He, he's like he's like such a loser, but also like we're bit really yeah. good friends. <laughs> yes. Oh, I know. <laughs> so the game is called In Case of Emergency Release Raptor. <laughs> Raptor it. Dinosaur. Such nice. a cool name. <laughs> and the de- developer describes the game like this. It's a passion project that never found its footing, but we thought the very early pieces of the game were very cool. So we wanted you to have it for free, run around, be a raptor, and kill robots. And kill the AI. Yes, and kill the AI. This is a really fun third-person 3D platformer where the whole point of the game is, yes, just to play as a raptor that kills robots (laughs) or AI. I mean, you know, we covered in a past episode that Michael LARPs as a dinosaur yes, on the weekend. We and so it's Again, really cool. People, Ryan makes up things about me. Just <laughs> clear. That's but that was not made up. So w- the, the part about we did it on a f- previous episode, that is yeah. not made up. Yes. The part that I do it, that is made up. <laughs> However, I did also LARP on that episode as a raptor. Yeah. So if you want to see what out, Michael looks yeah, like as a dinosaur, hilarious. there is an episode out there. Where he shows his LARPing ability. It was impressive. It was scary. I thought it was a real raptor. Yeah, he did a really good yeah. job, Michael. Oh, thank and, you. Thank you. and it was just as good as the movements of this raptor in the game. They're actually better than those. Uh, some of the other more polished dinosaur games on Steam from big game companies that I have played. I mean, I was really impressed. You can you can swipe with with its claw. You can lunge. You can mm. <laughs> you can jump. It, it, it was pretty impressive. All the different all, all the different uh, tools you had at your uh, your. It'd be cool to be a raptor. Everything's <laughs> a weapon. A your mouth, your claws, your jumping's a weapon. Your yeah, tail. yeah. Man. And the rendering of the maps is actually really nicely done, and the sound effects and music is on point. I you know I, I'm sad that it wasn't the developer wasn't able to make it a full big game. So it, it did it they open take... source it? No, they should open source it and allow the community to finish it because yeah. this game is good enough to finish just by it the name is. itself in case of emergency release Raptor. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah, so go take in case of emergency release Raptor for a destructive yet fun gallop in corridors. After all, it is free on Steam and supports our Linux penguins out of the box. <laughs> Nice. <laughs> nice. It's pretty that's a pretty cool idea. And I also yeah. I want to have it looks, it looks like a fun game. Uh, but is. let's move on to the next segment where we're going to talk about KDE Plasma. Michael, so, no, okay. Michael, no. It's what? software spotlight. And well, not, it's oh. software spotlight, yeah. so it would work in this category. Yeah, it will work for Plasma 6. Tell them about what will work for Plasma 6, Jill. <laughs> yeah, so our software spotlight is this week actually comes from the community. Jason sent us these awesome suggestions, and he says, I have found some incredible software for Linux, including System Monitoring Center, a complete set of monitoring utilities in 
in one for the CPU, memory, disk, network, GPU, and sensors. There are even features to manage processes and services. You you can also view user and system information. And it may not be active anymore, but worth a try. And I did check. Yeah, the last release was October 2023, sadly. But Jason... It's not super old. Yeah, it's not that that old. But they're, they're... they're not continuing the project. So I'm hoping someone you. might fork it. <laughs> yeah, you never know. But yeah, Jason, I use that personal, personally myself. I've been using it for a while and I love it. It's beautiful. And, you know, they thank you for writing your, your for it for writing in with your suggestion. And what one thing I have to say about it, there's lots of system monitoring tools, but this one is, is, is the GUI is fabulous. It's yeah. really beautiful and it has it has a dial and and it's just it's it's just very makes you feel like a little well, bit of a hacker when you're looking at yeah, your system resources. Absolutely. I mean that's important. That's important. You have the, the UX good GUI is stuff. great. <laughs> yeah. And also, Jason recommended R Linux, a complete data recovery with the ability to scan, recover, backup, and image important data with many features. Nice, cool. I had never used that one, so thank you so much, Jason, for letting us know and our awesome community. Yeah, Jason, write us back and let us know what color Crocs you prefer. That would be an interesting <laughs> addition to that yeah. note there. <laughs> Perfect. All right, Michael, take us into the tip of the week this week. So the tip of the week is actually from Reddit. I saw a really interesting thread where someone uh, put in a like a screenshot or a photo of what happened to their that computer when it was shooting. A screenshot? Wow. Michael, that's amazing. Hmm. I'm not done yet with the oh, tip. Right. Okay. Okay. Now screenshots were the tip. Take a screenshot of errors in case you want to get help. End of tip of the week. Actually, that's not a bad tip, but it's, not it's, a bad also, tip. Yeah. it's also yeah. not what I was trying to do. That's so, next week's tip now. That's <laughs> next week's, yeah. The, the, the photo was showing an error with their booting system. And a lot of these times, these errors are not helpful in terms of like the, what is the person who's reading it knows what it is because yeah. it's very specific and you know, I have my es- esoteric things related to it, but it's also potentially useful for showing it to someone else. And in this case, that's exactly what they did. They put in on Reddit. I'm not saying go to Reddit for do it. I'm saying what the error was. So the error they were seeing was like a device, a USB device not being detected properly, or it might not be working correctly. And this is not the tip because I've had this myself and I, there's many ways you could tr- try to kind of like, Uh, troubleshoot this and figure it out. But one of the comments by Lana Vishnu was very good. And it made me want to tell people about this because they say that to save you booting repeatedly, which has happened to me in the past, disconnect all of your non-keyboard and mouse USB devices, open two terminals, and then put in this on one of them, which is a long message that's tail-f var log d message. I'll have the whole thing actually in the show notes and then plug in a USB device, then look for errors as you plug things in. In the other terminal, type LSUSB after each device is plugged in and see what the new device is. Plug in more USB devices until you get to the error, and then you can address it once you look at it and see what it, in the USB lists, you can get more information about it. And then you could go to Google or DuckDuckGo and actually find what the issue is and if there's a way to fix it and that sort of stuff. This was such a good tip that I wanted to share it with you because the idea of having those two terminal things and putting those in, I didn't think about that at all before. And now, yeah. if I ever need to, I'm definitely going to be using this. Imagine how much time it takes to sit there and reboot 
like unplug our USB devices, plug one in, reboot. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, then reboot that. again, <laughs> plug in your next device. I mean, <laughs> Linux boots very fast. That's an advantage, but that's still slow as sin. Way awesome suggestion there. That's a good tip. Way better than the screenshot tip you gave earlier. That wasn't the tip. It was. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but guess what? I've got great and exciting news. We're going what? to scale, people. No <laughs> way. Yes. <laughs> and we're going to live stream from scale. You really look like you were shocked by that news there. That was such a good no way impression. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah, I mean, that was that was Oscar worthy there. Uh, we're going to be at scale 2024, scheduled for March 14th through the 17th at the Pasadena Convention Center in... Pasadena, California. Pasadena. <laughs> it works out that way. Uh, this is where you can meet the entire DL crew, plus all the amazing vendors, presenters, and open source enthusiasts that are there every year. And this is how cool Scale is. They gave us a code to give to you for 50% off your Scale Pass, which is a freaking big deal. So if you type Tux in your registration, you're going to get 50% off of your pass. And that's Just for being really awesome and being in this just community. For listening to this show. Coupon code T-U-X. We have so much stuff to do this, like just in this next couple of months. And in this case, <laughs> we're scale next couple of weeks. Yeah. So uh, that we, I'm also, as soon as we're done with this, I'm going to have to go buy some stuff to give away because I haven't done that yet, Ryan. So I'm going to yeah. do that yeah. right after because, you know, that's you know how we're going to give works. away, right? We're not going to tell people here, but it's it's a computer. Yeah. Well, mini computer. We did not talk about computer. that at all. We did. Ryan. Didn't we, Jill? Last week. And it, it's this little computer right over here, this Raspberry yeah. Pi 5. Oh, we uh, did talk yes. about that. So, so, okay, for people who are watching, you didn't hear that. We did, we weren't going to talk about that. Yeah, we're that. not telling you what we're giving no. away. But so it's a Raspberry Pi. So just the Raspberry Pi 5, by the way. If you come by our booth, but yeah, you're not exactly. getting one of those because we're not we're telling you what we're giving away. But well, we're not doing that. No, no, we're not. So just... Okay, imagine that we're giving a giveaway that you don't know what it is. That's the, the excitement, the, the suspense, the tension. And then you come by our booth, then you get at, signed up for the raffle or whatever, and then you maybe get whatever. You don't know what it is. You have to sign our EULA, though, which says you have to talk to Michael and me before you talk to Jill. <laughs> that is our EULA, yes. Yeah. Absolutely. That is our EULA, All right. 100%. Big thank you to each and every one of you for supporting us by watching or listening to Destination Linux. However you do it, we love your faces. You know where you can come hang out with everyone who also loves this show, has so much in common, loves Linux and open source and all these other geek culture things out there as well. Michael, do you know where you could go to hang out with all those cool I people? I think I have an idea. I think you're talking about the the Tux Digital Discord server. Yeah. And if you want to get to it, you go to tuxdigital.com slash discord. Isn't that wow. gnarly, dude? That that's that's crazy. Like I can't believe that that's where you go to get the the Discord server. You go to touchdigital.com slash Discord. Awesome. So okay. Amazing. So when you go to that server, you will also mm -hmm. see there's tons of different things to talk about. There's music. There's there's gaming. There's of course Linux. Lots working out. Lots of Linux and also working out. Anyway, whatever. Who, yeah. who does that? But <laughs> more importantly, there's also not necessarily more importantly, but uh -huh. if you are a patron. There is a special section just for you. Whatever, so, Michael. They are more yay. important. I, I I wanted to pretend, Ryan. If you're I wanted paying to money to help support this show, let me let me make it clear. You are more important than those who don't. <laughs> like I know it's supposed to be the company line where you're like everyone's equal. No, you're not. Patrons, 
than the rest of you. All right. Let's just, let's just we be honest. We appreciate you watching, listening, yes, course, comment, liking, all of that. Are better. But I mean, it's hard to argue that the patrons pay for it and make the show possible. If so I have it's, room, yeah. it's hard to argue with Ryan here. At the end of the world, the end of the world's coming, and I have just a couple seats in my vault left to let a couple other families survive. I'm going to pick the patrons to come in my vault. The rest of you, you're out of luck. Sorry, you should have paid. So just put that out there. <laughs> All right. So you can join the Discord server and, and go to the patron only section by becoming a patron. Go to tuxdigital.com slash membership to become a patron and get access to that patron-only section of our Discord server. And you can also join us when we record the show because we record it live for our patrons. And as a special extra bonus, you can join us in the patron-only post show that happens every week after the show when we're done recording it. You can get all of this and more tuxdigital.com slash membership to sign up. Also, if you want to help the show out in another way, you can get some cool swag. Go to tuxdigital.com slash store and pick up some hats, mugs, hoodies, t-shirts, stickers, coasters, all sorts of cool stuff at tuxdigital.com slash store. And everyone head to tuxdigital.com and subscribe to all our incredible shows. And don't forget to leave a rating on your favorite app so others can discover the power of open source and keep those penguins marching in the full Monty of Linux and open source awesome sauce. Make sure to check out all the amazing shows here on Tux Digital. That's right. We have an entire network of shows to fill your entire week with geeky goodness. Check out This Week in Linux with our very own Michael Tunnell for your source for Linux Weekly GNUs, which is a weekly video podcast that Michael hosts that takes you through all the happenings of Linux and open source each and every week. Everyone. Thank you very much. It's the best <laughs> it's the best podcast outside of this podcast you could possibly listen to. Yeah. Not biased in any way whatsoever. And everyone head to textdigital.com and subscribe to all our great shows and don't forget to leave a rating on your favorite app so others can discover the power of open source and keep those penguins marching in the full monty of Linux and open source awesome sauce. Everybody, yeah. have a great week. And remember that KDE Plasma 6 just released, people, and you need to Woo-hoo! check it out. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> and also, the journey itself is just as important as the destination. Check uh, out XFCE, uh, uh, everyone. I mean, that's good, too. But Plasma, <laughs> come on. It's Plasma, bro. Yeah. <laughs> check out Arch. Arch is good. You can get, it has nothing to do with D. You can get though. Plasma 6 in Arch. Probably, probably right not now. yet. It's yeah, probably going right to happen, now. but I don't think it's right now. Well, I'm going to lie about it because it's Arch. So, well, I'm going to fact right check now. you right now to make don't sure that you are wrong. Me. Who made you um, fact checker? Well, you fact checked earlier. So if, if you can do it, why can't I do it? So I don't see why I can't do it. Don't you use the so, internet for its purpose? Or for its you. purpose. Uh, <laughs> I have checked and currently... Uh, there it is not available. It is in testing right now. So boom, come on, Arch. Uh, come on, Arch. Get your crap together. <laughs> get your uh, crap with a K together, people. Who knows? It might make it first to open SUSE. <laughs> yeah, that's happened. Before. Let's yeah. fact check that that statement. Uh, open SUSE has gotten things faster than Arch in the past. That's true. And, and then I got to listen to Nate talk about it all the time. So please, <laughs> yeah. please not have it. I don't have to hear Nate. The fact checking is not as easy to do in Open Source Tumbleweed, so I can't do it as fast. So I'm just going to skip it. Okay, we'll just assume it's not there. <laughs> okay, right now. All right. See you all next week. Bye. Everyone. See you next week. Bye, everyone. <laughs>